0: Thank you for joining us today as we uh, unveil Kevin Nagel officially as the, the club's new owner. He's just got a few uh, prepared remarks he'd like to start with, if you can get that chair up, Kevin. Yeah, that's the... It's uh, oh, a bad start. As, as 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 a start. as soon you're as wrong. I
1: sat down, it dropped me. is yeah. like, yeah. it trying to tell me
0: something. <laughs> so I'm going to hand over to Kevin just to say a few remarks, and then we're, we're going to start with Kirsty from
1: Sky Sports News in the room. So, Kevin. You. Good afternoon, everyone. It is my great honour and privilege to be here before you today. Over the last few months, through this process, I've done my best to become a student of Huddersfield from the town to the traditions to the people. And I found very early it is impossible to separate the town from this club. Normally, when presented with a new business opportunity, I take my time and complete all the necessary due diligence I can. But there are times when an opportunity is such a no-brainer, you have to just jump at it. And that's why I found here when I was was at Huddersfield Town. I bought my first football team just over 10 years ago and immediately fell in love. From the play on the pitch to the supporters in the stadium, there is no community like the football community. And I can tell you, there is no matching the love and the passion of English football community. The more I learned about the community here and its people, the more I found commonalities with my home in Sacramento, California. Many would say we are not destined destination communities. We are outshined in the press and the culture by our neighbors to the west and the south. But what neighbors cannot match is the love and the sheer pride we have for the place we call home. We don't want to be like anyone else. We are comfortable in our own skin. There's a saying that we use, if you know, you know, meaning you have to see it, to live it, to believe it, and if you have well, you know. I'm here for the long haul. I'm not making just an investment in this club but in this community I have come to believe in so much. Over the coming weeks and months I'm sure you will learn a few things about me and I look forward to even learning more about you. One thing I already know these supporters deserve a club that they can be proud of. I'm not the one to overpromise, but I can tell you that I'll do everything that we can to put our best foot forward to a team that you can be proud of. There will be peaks, and I'm sure that there will certainly be valleys, and there will also be disagreements as well. But I do give you my word that every decision me and my team makes will be in the best interest of the club and the supporters. There are many who deserve thanks, but I'd like to start off with Dean Hoyle. Over the last months, I've seen so much of what he's done for the community, always placing the club above himself. And you could even say this transaction we're here to talk about today was one of the final strokes of a generosity of his love for everyone. I know how much this all meant to him, and I take the baton that he handed to me very seriously. We will not let you down. Dave Baldwin was absolutely instrumental in bringing this to my desk and helping us get to the finish line. His knowledge and counsel have been invaluable, and I cannot thank him enough. And also to the EF and EFL and the FCA, I know you had a job to do, and although the wait was excruciating, because I couldn't wait to get started myself, I appreciate how thorough and fairly that they were. It makes me feel much more at ease doing business in the United Kingdom. To Neil Warnock.
2: Kevin, I, uh, they've left you on the on yeah. the Zoom screen. We can't hear you. Can now, Chris, apologies. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, can I To Neil Warnock,
1: I cannot overstate how much I look forward to watching him work this season. I said before that Dean Hoyle loves this club and, the pl- and places it before himself, and I feel the same thing about Neil. Thank you for giving us one more year. I'm sure everyone will execute their best to make it memorable. And to David Threlfield Sykes and the rest of the staff here at the town, your help has been absolutely indispensable. So gear up, because the fun is just beginning now. And finally, I'd like to take a, a moment to recognize and thank our brilliant supporters. I have had so much fun in our limited interactions on social media and might have be most excited about our interactions here to, to come in person. I can feel the passion and desire you all have the way across the pond, and I sincerely appreciate your suggestions as well. We'll always do our best to not just listen, but to hear you as well and try to make everything not just the play on the pitch, but from the grounds to the food and beverage and everything in between, something you'll always be proud of. Here are a few observations over the next few months that we have or will be working on immediately. Number one, stabilize the performance on the field. We have left this to the best. Neil, Ronnie Jepsen, and the team, we believe will have the firepower to finish this up in the table in 23-24 season. Number two, stabilize the financial performance of the club. The club has no debt but its budgetary expenses are far greater than the revenue side. We will be subsidizing this until we eventually balance the budget, and as you read, we are bound by requirements set forth in the EFL not to exceed our approved budget. Three, grow the revenues. Through a combination of programs in their early stages of development, through improved customer care programs, such as streamlined delivery of spirits before and at halftime, broader access to food and merchandise, We believe that we would be one of the first orders of duty. It's clear there's an opportunity for our fans to see positive change in this area. Number four, rebuild the academy. To develop a long-term sustainable football infrastructure, investments must be made in this area. This is one of the mother's milk of the football future. Young player development, selling player opportunities, and local player involvement is essential. Number five, right size the club's personnel. Expansion in some areas of the club will be vital while we will review downsizing in areas. We do not have specifics at present as those reviews are in process. And by the way, bless you. Number six, longer term opportunities exist that will be are being investigated. They include but are not limited to potential control of the stadium so programming can be streamlined as well as land development around the stadium. And lastly, continued support of charity activities. These are close to my heart. The club would be incomplete without embracing more charities. The club has supported some wonderful, but I may have some of my own. Personally, I have a passion for education and a broad number of health care issues I spent my career in. And I'm sure there are other vital needs. The Huddersfield community may benefit as well. I know you have a lot of questions, so let's proceed with them we start with Kirsty from Sky Sports News.
3: Hi Kevin, welcome. Good afternoon. Um, this is a club that struggled on the pitch this season, but we're in the Premier League not so long ago. What can be your ambitions for this club?
1: Well, that's a broad question. I think strategically, really, you have to, as I, as I mentioned a little bit in my opening remarks, we have to really stabilise the performance. I mean, you, it's, it's one thing getting in, in, in the Premier League, it's another thing staying there. And I think when you sort of look at an assessment, you have to look at, you need some infrastructure. And that infrastructure, I think, needs to be revisited, which is being done now, and at the same time built so that you can, you can, you can have a sustained, viable program.
3: And in terms of that, obviously, attention turns to finances, and the finances it, it may take to have big ambitions. What's your ethos financially for this club?
1: It's an interesting question, I mean, because uh, there, when, when, when people ask you the question, the, the, the first thing is, is the order of duty is always, how much money are you going to invest into it? It's just, I think it's natural that you would ask that question. Those of us who are in the business world, we tend to do assessments. I just finished an assessment of what the, what the championship performance looked like from A, a performance on, in the table, and then on the other side, how much money those teams invested on players. And it's interesting, you, it's, it's, in some cases it's an inverse relationship. Those who, who had the least large investments ended up, they're now in the Premier League. You did have two teams that, that had very high payrolls that ended up in, in the league. But then when you start to break it out, if you have 24 teams and you look at them in quadrants of thirds, you will find that there's there's not any semblance of logic conclusions on spending more money is automatically going to get you into the Premier League. What I have been able to determine is those teams that have strong infrastructures perform better overall.
3: And what did you make to the job? Um, you, you talked about Neil Warnock staying here for a further year. What did you make to the job he did here last season? And what have you made to him as a person?
1: You're talking about Neil? No,
3: yeah.
1: oh, I mean, Neil was fantastic. I mean, you couldn't say it. He's, He's the Zen of of of, of managing uh, football. I think uh, it's sort of funny a, a little a little side story um, in in the states where I have a team, the Sacramento Republic, uh, and we are also at, at the same tier that that you know the Championship League is. It's called the Championship in the USL. That's actually where, where Jake was the the uh, former president. Um, what happened was my manager, who actually is British. Um, sent me a note last week, and he saw that Neil had written a book called *The Gaffer*. And what he what what he wrote to me is, he said, "Do you think I can come over there and learn from him? Because there's a lot that I have to learn." Now, um, Mark is a, does a great job. Currently, we're for, we're tops of the table, but he knows that there's always able room for somebody who's like like Neil Warnock.
3: And he's. Obviously, we know him for what he's done over all these years on the pitch, but also the character he has as well. Have you experienced much of that yet?
1: Experienced a little bit, but you know, I don't know many people can match that. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, we, have, we have sort of a prize in two ways. You've got a, a, a brilliant you know, football mind, and at the same time you have someone who's able to really charismatically bring everyone together. That's Neil Warnock.
3: And you're uh, not alone being an American owner now here in in this country. We're seeing quite a few, not just in the Premier League, but in the EFL as well. What is it about the game here in this country that is attracting so many of you over here?
1: It's a great question. I mean, uh, uh, it's the gold standard of football in the world. I I believe that technically, um, whether the best players in the world the, 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 the most technically trained and prepared whether it's whether it's on the coaching managing player side exists here and so I think that um, when you when when you have other teams whether it's in the United States or around the world I think it's pretty well known that if you want if you want to get excellent players managers coaches athletes trainers it, they exist here that's what drew me
3: And can we expect a a Hollywood story
1: for this club, do you think? No, but you might expect a Hollywood story. We'll have a little bit more to talk about that later.
3: Okay, interesting. You can't give us any more.
1: A little bit later.
3: And and what kind of owner will you be?
1: Um, You've seen so far what type of owner that I am, at least just in, in the transition leading up to where we are today. I'll be very communicative. Uh, on social media, because I won't be here, won't be living here, although I, I anticipate buying a home here relatively uh, shortly. I was just talking to uh, DTS about where, where we can go and take a visit. Um, but I, I'm I'm highly competitive. You know, anybody who's really looked at my background, you know, some of you have, and some of them, it doesn't matter, um, but the re- I'm, I'm, a, com- I'm a, a competitor, usually seen as an underdog, uh, usually somebody that um, won't give up. Uh, yesterday there was a question asked to me about, you know, what, is you, what, what really qualifies you, not financially, but from performance to be able to take over a team. Uh, I would say at least from the football club that we have in the United States. I've owned it for ten years. We've been in the playoffs nine out of ten. We won a championship. We won our U.S. Open Cup, which is really the, the, similar, really, to the FA Cup. Yeah. Wouldn't it be? We, we were the runners-up last year. We were sort of America's team, because everybody's rooting for this underdog against a lot of these Goliaths. Um, fierce fighter. Um, never willing to never willing to quit.
3: Thank you.
2: Thank, thank, you. thank, you. thank you. thank you. Welcome to Paul Oughton from mm-hmm. BBC Radio League, BBC off Greetings. Kevin, welcome. Uh, your appraisal of the team, the management, the community is very persuasive so far. Congratulations on the transaction. But you're a businessman and you're an investor. How important is it that you get a return on your investment from the transaction long-term?
1: Well, you know, it's funny, I'm looking at you and behind me is my chief financial officer, and I'd probably say, you know, you can ask him, (laughs) how has our investment been with our team in America? And it hasn't been that great so far, so we really do it for the love of the profession first. Is there is there going to be an investment long term, I believe, there, yes. But is there going to be an investment long term here? Yes as well. But usually what happens is you can't connect them. What I mean by that is high performing teams usually have some value associated that moves up. And so whether that is whether that is winning championships or whether that really means making sure that um, the team is well stocked with a, a strong infrastructure, that's the word that you're really hearing me say a lot today, to ensure that, that we, can, we can be competitive. We, we are not Chelsea, although they've been in the news a lot lately, so maybe that's not the best example. But as you know, we have, we, have, we have a lot of other big clubs that are gonna compete year after year. We have to learn how to, if you're gonna get to the Premier League, I was using the Premier League, and, and it might be a little premature, but it's just an example, you have to figure out, how can you compete with them? We can compete with them a different way. I'm not afraid of that. We have to compete, obviously, in the Championship League this year. Do I believe that we can compete over time? We will, we'll compete. We Look, we got Neil to sign up for another year. That wasn't an easy thing. And I believe he knows that there's a chance that we could do something really
2: special. In the meantime, nevertheless, aren't you still afraid of losing money? in achieving all the things you're trying to achieve as owner of Town. You, you can't be afraid of losing money. I mean, I know
1: I'm an American, but give us a little bit of credit. We do know what pluses and minuses are. <laughs> um, um, we're prepared to lose money. In fact, I said in my opening remarks that what's really gonna happen is we're gonna lose money for a period of time, but we're not afraid of that because we're gonna invest in a way that we think that, that you're gonna recover that. That, would, that is not the first
2: of my concerns. The business aspects of your transaction are fascinating for everybody, but most fans are interested in the team, the players, the investment, to use that word, that you might make in the squad to improve it. How much do we need to manage our expectations on the limitations, perhaps, on what you can spend?
1: We have a lot of questions built in that uh, question. One is, um, first of all, I'll give you one that is really just more rhetorical. Never underestimate what the possibility can potentially be that's the first thing and that's one of the reasons why it was so important for me to bring for us to bring really Neil back because he has that extra that, that 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 extra something that most people do not he's that Zen person that I referenced earlier that's the first thing the second thing is you just have to keep inside your senses to say if there's a chance to win and I'll just give you an example another example since it's still fresh um, at, our team, at our team in, in America, last year we, we, were, we got in the playoffs, we got defeated, we played so many games because of our cup games that we just ran out of gas. So I said to the guys at the beginning of the season, I said, look, we had a great team, we've got a lot of solid folks coming back, a lot of solid athletes coming back, um, but we need to change a few things. And we did, we changed it. And here we are, we're halfway through our, our season, and we're at the top of the table, but I believe, I believe that we probably don't have enough firepower to win, win it all. So I went to, a, I went to our, our, uh, our president and our, and our uh, manager and I said, we need to go bring in another player. And I said, we've got, he's, we, we, need, we need help because we've banged up and it's midseason. And so this morning, um, we're going to be signing somebody. And we're going to sign that because I think that we can push it over the top to win. I only leave that with you as an example of what I'm not afraid to do. Now, we, we, are, we are constrained by, by the EFL's requirements, and I think that's a good thing, actually, because I think it's good for the league. I think it's really good overall for standards, and really across the whole country, because, you know, people take, take they, they, acquire, they acquire teams, and they realize they can't handle them financially. And so it's a lovely thing to have, but when it comes down to really performing, and, and, and having the, you know, the wherewithal, financially, or the mental wherewithal, you need, you, you've gotta be able to make
2: those decisions and not have it interfere with to the dollars and cents matter. Since you brought it up, I'm fascinated to know how perhaps the relationship between Huddersfield Town and Sacramento, on the other hand, might grow. How much do you intend to use the networking contacts within the football industry that you make here in the UK to help Sacramento achieve its long term goals.
1: Oh, oh I think there's just a tremendous opportunity. Um, and I think that we can it can learn both ways. I think that really I think really that the technical aspects that I alluded to earlier, I think in, in, in um, the UK we could really migrate much more into the United States and at least particularly my club, and I think I, I could see a lot of that. And I think we also have some players that really could benefit by the great training that we have here, and some that I think just are just natural athletes, and we could go both ways. The issue really in the end is, is the salary levels are very different, and the time of the year is different on when, when, our, when, the, when the seasons start. So that'll be a little bit of a challenge, but I think it would be really uh, lovely to have at some point these teams come and we'll play friendly. So I'm afraid there could be a fist fight, you know, because one team's trying to figure out that it's better than the other. But the reality of it is, is that I believe that I, that I that I believe it's something that we're gonna do. The synergies synergies and the value, that's really something I thought
2: also in addition at the time that we made the acquisition. How many a Sacramento squad might you recommend to Huddersfield Town? Could work both, both ways. Totally. I agree. Well, name some names, by all means.
1: Oh, some players. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll be yeah, facetious. I've,
1: that's all right. There are players on internet, on, 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 on Twitter that have been been mentioned, and and one of them even came up and said, "Hey, am I going to go to Hunterstown? He would love to, but he's, he, lives, he he'd, I think
2: he'd be homesick." Share with us finally from me, if I may, Kevin, the the, the comparison between your matchday experience with the Huddersfield Town fans here in Yorkshire, and that at Sacramento. Is there any kinship? Do you see more passion or less passion here in the UK?
1: Oh, there's, you know, I, I, I can't take anything away from my, my club at home, but the passion here is phenomenal. It's, it was really one of the things that was just, was, was overwhelming. Just overall, just, just, the, just the, I, I, it was sort of funny. Uh, when, I, when I came to the match that, that it was against Reading and we'd already secured, you know, protection from being relegated, um, we got here a couple of hours earlier and as we were driving up, there were I don't know hundreds of fans that were in a location. And I said, "What are they doing here?" And when I got out of my vehicle, they all came to see me, and I was really touched by that. I was trying to figure out why, um, and it was just overwhelming autographs and thanking and just wonderful things that people said. A lot of children that I, you know, that already were to me that I really loved that were well on their way to becoming town fans. And I mean, you can't you can't replace that. Do we have that? Do we have that in Sacramento? We're still evolving. Remember, we're we're a, we're a we're a country that has a lot of major sports, with obviously football really moving rather quickly, and, and, and outpacing a lot of some of the more mature. But we hope someday to have what you have here in Huddersfield.
2: Best of luck. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. We'll come to Stephen Chicken from Yorkshire Live next. Hey, um, you look different. From from. What you expected, or? <laughs> well,
1: I, we, I, we, we did a search of some of you, and I don't know, you looked a little bit different. I think, I didn't think that was what it what yeah. it is. <laughs> um, what is the, going back to the financial situation, what, what is that? Is there any debt left over from the old
0: regime or any new debt leveraged? On the There's market? no debt left over.
1: The only debt I would say, um, if I put a caveat to it, is if, and, and you should you should be all rooting for this. So if we get to the Premier League, you know, there's a payment, but that's, but we don't worry about that. There's no debt on the books. It's not going to impact us.
0: That's good to know. You, you talked about those financial constraints with the EFL as well. What's the, is that the FFP? Is, is that? Yes. okay. So is that likely to be just something that affects this first year, or
1: is it? I'm not, you know, I haven't really looked closely. Um, but it, it doesn't bother me. I mean um, I know that, I know there's, there seems to be some concerns about maybe what happened in some previous you know, ownership. We don't have that issue. I, the, I think that's one of the reasons why the EFL the EFL um, was diligent in what they did the very I will tell you this much. I don't think there's anything um, private about it is the very first thing that they did is they wanted to see my personal financial statement and we, we issued it. That was not going to be anything at all. It was really going to be a lot of the other diligence factors that you may undergo during a process. You want to see if anybody's committed any heinous crimes. You know, fortunately I didn't too many of those, actually none. Um, and did, were, there, were, there, were, there, were there other matters that they wanted to look at, your moral character? And, and, and you know, I've, I'm fortunate on that because of the fact that, you know, I've owned other, you know, uh, professional teams in the U.S., the NBA and large equity position in the Sacramento Kings. Um, and there's a, a, enormous diligence that they go through. So I knew anything that the EFL was going to go through. Once they saw that the financial situation was going to be not any issue at all, um, we were then going to move to the next phases. Okay.
0: You talk about investing in the club. Where, where do you see that
1: investment going primarily? Well, I, as I said, I think the first thing we're going to look at is we're going to we're going to look at some of the things that I think the fans need, um, that the supporters that. Fairness to, you know, I, what we have done with with, um, with 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 Twitter, especially, and social media is look to see what are what are the primary um, challenges that that really feel that the supporters would like to see, because of the fact that we only just have a really short period of time to really deal with some of, some of what their concerns are, really focusing um, largely on access to. To, to, to things like beer and spirits and food and merchandise um, we're going to look we're going to look to see if the, you know um, I'm being told that this is going to be a real challenge but people complain a little bit about um, the, the capacity to hear be able to hear speaker phones we're going to look at that but on that side uh, we'll focus on that for the fans and then I think there might be some other things that we might do from a stadium side. We'll be very restricted on that because, as you know, that's a very complex uh, structure. And we're going to try to work through that. Um, but I think that it's a beautiful stadium that needs a little bit of help to it. And, you know, three parties need to come together. And if three parties can't come together, maybe one can, and that, that would be us.
0: Yeah. Is there much thought on. How that might go over the next year, or is it a bit of a wait and see on the
1: stadium? No. no, the stadium. I mean, the one thing I think that you saw that I retained, uh, Dave Baldwin, and that is his focus. That is really why, why, why uh, we is to see how we can negotiate successfully. You know, really an outcome where we take it because I really see, I really see the stadium as, as two parts. One, it should be the it should be the home of the club. I mean, it, it is, and it should be, that, that should be the, the team to place. the other part, it's really a community asset. And, uh, and, and as, as I mentioned even some of my previous discussions, you see fantastic concerts that are here. But, I candidly, there's not enough of them. There should be more. I think the community should be able to enjoy that, and they should be able to appreciate that. And I think if you can figure out a model um, whereby you get some great concerts with some, you know, great venues, some names along who was it, muse that was just yeah here? I think muse and, and what did I hear there were something in the area of 35 45,000 people it's amazing um, we should be able to do that more so that there are so other things that the community can, can benefit from and not just concerts but other things but you can figure that out for you know an additional 34 30 to 40 days a year and not really affect the pitch very much that would be my goal but but everyone has to come together but if we but if it was ours we would figure out a way to do it
0: is it a possibility that you might look to buy the stadium, or would it be a, a lease? Or again, is this sort of the options that you can have? to look uh, at? All the
1: options, Stephen, that would be on the table. I mean, we have to look at it. In fact, while I'm here this week, there's a discussion, and it'll, it'll be even later on today. I'll tell you that much. Okay. Um, are you
0: still dependent, in large part, on player sales each summer, or might that lessen, might it increase? What's the, the situation on that on the recruitment side?
1: You know, a couple of things on that. One, I, you know, I, I, have a, I have a theory, you know, you let the, the, you let the coaches coach, you let the managers manage, you let the uh, sporting directors, you know, do what they need to do, and, and, the, and the president. Uh, I'm gonna support them, on, on and you, as you know, there'll be a combination of those things that exist. And as you can see, we, we, we moved pretty quickly in terms of being able to, we got behind, obviously, because of the transaction. Now we're caught up, and now we're moving, and, and, and we're proactive. You mentioned the
0: sporting director Lee Brumby has has um has left the club. Is there any intention to replace Lee in that sporting director role? Yes. Okay. Are you about to tell us any more about that or how the structure might work or when you role?
1: when you see when you see Jake you yeah. can ask him. Okay. <laughs>
0: That's fair enough. Um, there is a, a town women's team which is very separate from the men's club at the moment. It's sort of independently run. Is there much intention to bring that under the the same umbrella
1: now first of all I love I love women's uh, football I mean um, as you know we've been able to we've enjoyed that in, in the US that's one of the things I would say in the. US immensely we've seen a lot of popularity evolve rather rather quickly there um, I would say this much and, and we're gonna we're, we're going to support them we have to figure out and I don't know exactly what it is but I can just probably say categorically we're going to support them in some way what that means yet Stephen I don't really know, um, but we we know that we need to do some things because I don't know exactly you know what the club has done in terms of lending them a hand. But I would say we need to focus on you know really um, the asset at hand you know and that's the Huddersfield Town you know AFC. But we're going to be we're we're going to help them in, in, in ways that maybe they haven't been helped before. Good
0: to know. Um, Neil's only here. Neil one's only here for a year. What do you see the future being like? beyond
1: him or is it too early to be asking these kinds of questions at the moment would you give me like more than like four days <laughs> <you know? laughs> that's fair but, uh, <laughs> was,
0: was this sort of model though of having a, I mean well was this model of having a, a sort of a manager who is rather than a head coach a manager is that something you had in mind when you were looking at buying the club or is Neil a bit of an exception on that
1: um I wanted Neil uh I even wanted Neil, when I talked to him the first time, I just knew he was that zen, you know, uh, manager that we talked about before. But we knew also that there were gonna be some restrictions, that that was very possible, not an option. But we just stayed with him over time, and it became a reality. Uh, but we, but the, really, if you think about it, the beauty, the beauty is, if you were to start off with a new coach right away, you wouldn't know what you're getting. Sort of, and the reality we know we're getting with with, with Neil. You're going to get somebody who's just going to go 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 all out, and we negotiated something that's very fair. Something that I'm I'm very happy to have him around for the next year. I was really worst case scenario hoping that I could just have him as an advisor, but we got something better than that, as you know. You sort of alluded to it already, but obviously when there's.
0: There's going to be bigger spending clubs in the league. You're going to have to find a competitive edge in other areas. Obviously, no one is going to offer you that over the next season. Where else do you see Puddersfield gaining that kind of competitive edge?
1: Just better people uh, across the board. I think, you know, better personnel. I think a lot of them already exist. You know, maybe bring in training. These are all things that I'm just blue-skying right now. could be some training programs. Um, It could be better reporters <laughs> just kidding <laughs> just kidding um, but you just competitive advantages some of these are planned and others are it's, it's just it's business and others you have to take advantage of the moment and I mean let's face it um, I'm not sure that and I, I didn't look I didn't look back last year where anybody anticipated you know, town would end up in a relegated position potentially. Um, a year ago, they are again this year. You probably saw that. That doesn't that doesn't bother me. That doesn't that doesn't make me think any less. We're afraid of that. We're 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 ready to fight on that one. But what that also means there are going to be times when you when you when you pivot at the last second and you're going to make a decision. Just like what I shared with you earlier, what we're doing right now in Sacramento Because I want to I want to win a cup. And they have a chance to win a cup and it's really hard to win a cup we don't have the relegation or the rather the promotion opportunities opportunities there Um, if we could you know we'd we'd beat a lot of those mls teams because we did last year Um, but we just don't have it so i'm ready for a fight you mentioned as well the
0: academy earlier it sounds like you you plan to expand that back out to all age groups, is that accurate?
1: I don't know what age groups yet. You know, that's something that again I think the Academy experts and you know we're gonna we're gonna let um, you know Jake and, and and that team really figure it out. But we know that we have to do more. I mean you, we've got fantastic um, training facilities here in the Academy. You know, we we, we know that. Um, and I think that we, we can we can we can synergize that as well. You know, over on their side or with this side, but there's just no question in my mind that there's that that's a, that's something we have to tap into. We know we know that, we know that you know Manchester, they've got their academies that they come and they poach you know a lot of our uh, local you know um, athletes. We have to figure out how to get them back. I'm not afraid of that. Are you?
0: No, sounds okay. good.
1: <laughs> See, you're part of the team already. <laughs>
0: Um, the big
1: question that everyone wants to know: Are, are there any transfers um, on the horizon? I just don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's an unfortunate sort of let the air out of the answer. You know, I just don't. We just don't know yet. That's something that really, as I said, you let the managers manage, the coaches coach, and you let the sporting director. You know, those guys figure that out. Yeah. You know, that's what they're. You know, that's what the report card is at the end of the year or or during the season. Who's looking after transfers at the moment? We, we have You have to ask Jake that. Okay. Thank you. Thank That's you very much, coming. Steve. Thank, Thank you, Steve.
0: We'll go to Stuart Rayner from the Oxford Post. Next Hi, one.
4: Kevin. Pleased to meet you. Oh, nice. Um, just wanted a bit
0: more sort of background on, on
4: how you came to this point. I mean, were you did you reach a point where you were interested in buying an English club, or was it simply the fact that the opportunity arose, presumably through Dave Baldwin, and and, and why <laughs> this club?
1: It's, it's actually a little bit of everything. I mean, I had uh, always in the back of my head um, thought what a what a wonderful thing it would be to, you know, own one. But I really, I was I was actually looked, over the years, I was over the years, I looked at Premier League uh, equities, you know, owning some equity position in, in, in one club. I'll say even one because I think that the our, our uh, confidentiality. I looked at, at Ashton Martin at one time, or Ashton, you know, um, at, at one time, yeah. Um, I looked at a lot of other... Uh, championship teams, I looked at um, League One uh, teams, um, even in, you know, really even in, in a discussion uh, with, a, with a broker about a, a team and then all of a sudden this opportunity came along and I knew that I was, what had happened was I, I divested my position with the Sacramento Kings and so I had some freed up liquidity and I knew that we needed to, you know, uh, my CFO, again, is over there. He said, you just have to spend every many dollar that you get freed up, Kevin. Uh, but I said, I want to go buy a, oh, I, I want to think about, you know, maybe going into an English uh, team. And so, uh, ironically, um, the opportunity availed itself, you know, while while we were not aggressively looking, but just looking for the right opportunity. And what happened in this opportunity was a relatively short period of time. You know, I will tell you this much, and is that, you um, I didn't realize in ten days ago, ten days time, I'd go from maybe not knowing really that Huddersfield really existed. I don't mean that pejorically or negatively. Um, to ten days later, I was buying it. But it became easy, as I explained in my my, my my words that you know when I opened up this press conference with, that once I got to know a lot about uh, Huddersfield and what it stood for and its legacy, uh, not just the the. the football club itself, but also just the community at large. It's really where I really sort of, kind of person that I grew up in. So I, I, I related to it right away. That's the reason why we're ready to go after Leeds.
4: Yeah. And I appreciate the two things aren't mutually exclusive, but given what you've just said about spending any every dollar and, and looking to invest in England, how much of this is about business and how much of it's you just want to enjoy owning an English football club?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, you know I have to say this. The, the funny thing about the British press, they like to always put your name in, and and your, not, not just your name, but your age in there.
0: <laughs>
1: is there a reason why? Uh, because because what's funny is I was listening to somebody on, on one of their it might have been uh, Stephen one of his one of his podcasts, and, and 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 I think one of the colleagues down there said a guy this age ought to be thinking about retirement, and he ought to be thinking about you know going elsewhere. I'm going. He just doesn't know me. You know, I, I'm I'm one of those I'm one of those guys that it, it doesn't worry I it, I don't worry about that I want to you know I, I better not say that but I, I, <laughs> I, I, it's been going okay so far um, the the point that I would say more than anything else is if you have a love for something and you have the financial means why not why not follow your passion and I mean if when, when I was a young kid you know I, I wasn't thinking about this I was thinking really about my mom needed to put food on the table for my sisters and me and my two cousins and you know I started working when I was five or six years old literally chasing golf balls and I mean that most of that money that I that I sold on those places I gave back to my mother I was thinking about you know that that's a that's survival if I fast forward that, Twenty years later, no, um, oh, a number of years later, buying a football club in the in the UK is an American. I mean, an American dream, you know. Really, is from from an American guy, but going to you know really where I would say is you know the the world class center of you know football and being able to say that you're a part of it. Now we have to figure out how we're going to win. Right,
4: And I, I mean, you, you you mentioned possibly getting a, a home over here. Um, do you have any ideas? <laughs> I'm probably, probably yeah, a little bit out of my league in terms of uh, your <laughs> housing situation. But how often do you anticipate being over at games?
1: You know, I've thought about that. And part of it is, you know, we have overlapping seasons, and I try to make as many games as possible with uh, the Republic. Um, I, what I do know this, I think I'll, I'll come over probably once. This is what I think now, don't hold me to it come out like once every four to six weeks and then really stay for a couple of matches so that you're able to get you, you get in a good feel for what it is and stay closely closer connected to the community. I, I, I actually have more houses than just in, in El Drado Hills where I live. Um, so I like to get to those once in a while. I have a ranch that I think I've been to like twice you know, I've, in, in Montana. Has anybody seen uh, the movie Yellowstone? Does that even exist? To, to hear, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. really, really popular. I have, I have a home in that area that they, that they frequently, and and it's really wonderful. But I'm too busy loving football.
4: It's <laughs> a good sign. Um, Steve touched on it before, and I, I know as you said, it's it's down to the managing Some you mentioned Chelsea. Some owners come in and sort of turbocharge the spending in in, in a team. It, it, from the discussions you've had with Neil, do you anticipate? Much change, change to this squad this summer. Or does he seem reasonably happy
1: with with the start? Well, he knows what we had kind of going into it, yeah. and he was perfectly comfortable with it. Uh, so I don't I don't worry. But but my feeling is this: is that um, we if we were to make any changes on our on our budget, we have to we can resubmit to them. We have to at a certain point. Uh, but as I said, you know we're, we're doing a lot of deficit spending right now, and that's part of the reason why. And it's no criticism of previous administrations. Um, but we'll but we'll restructure it does that does that free up other opportunities you know on the player side it might it might but I doubt this first year we're just gonna have to figure it out so it, in terms of that are you sort of locked in in terms of what
4: you've had to promise the EFL as part of this process the budgets will be for I don't know the next year two years how does that subside sort of of work
1: well I mean I I haven't looked I can tell you this much um, and I think it was just published, so you you would all see it if you haven't seen it already. You, you you've seen I think what player budgets were. Stephen, you saw that, didn't you? You know, and you saw where we sat. You know, we were we we were, you know, essentially in the middle of the pack, and you could argue that we finished in the middle of the pack, even though we were not that far from relegation. And if you if you look to see again, if you look to see uh, the investments people make uh, for players versus what the return is, it's really poor. I mean. And then if you and if you take it up a notch and you go to the uh, Premier League, it's even worse. And so what happens is people I think sometimes will buy players just hoping that they're going to help. It's more than that. It's the chemistry. It's 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 looking what their technical skills are. Are you can you find young players that have yet to you know really uh, maximize what their financial uh, capacity or potential is? I think it's just a whole lot of things. That's where you put over on the players or on on the uh, manager and the. And the coaching and the, and, the, and the technical staff side. And obviously, Neil,
4: you've, you've got a huge asset, both in terms of his knowledge and his charisma, I suppose. Um, he could play a very useful part in terms of advising you on the infrastructure and that sort of thing. Do you have to be careful of how much you ask of him? Because I'm from the press, so I'm obsessed with his age. He's, um, he, See, you there know, you go again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, so did, it's but a good, it's a good back, thing uh, I look younger for my <laughs> no, <I'm> just. <laughs> But, but, but do you plan to, to use him in terms of the, tapping into that knowledge at the moment, or do you have to be careful of not asking too much of him when he's got a busy football season?
1: I haven't, I, you know, he's in he's, he's, um, Italy, I haven't asked, had a chance, I'm not going to bother him then, but I will. But we'll, we'll ask him that, he, he's, you know, he's a great um, team player, mm. he really is. So I think if we asked him for something, he'd be very helpful. But we won't. We're, he's got. He's got a focused job, really, on helping us push ourselves up that table and see how high up we can get. Sure,
4: and just obviously mentioned Sacramento a couple of times. I gather a couple of years ago there was a possibility of, of going for an MLS franchise, which sort of faded away because of in, investment and what have you. I just wonder what the situation is with that. Are there ambitions for Sacramento to become an MLS franchise?
1: That's a good question. Um, if you follow what happens there, you know we have what we call an expansion fee it's because we because we don't have promotion or relegation. I wish we did, um, but because of the growth of the sport, and this is a good thing, uh, what's really happened is is that the expansion fees have gone up exponentially. To 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 actually move up to the next level, you have to spend 500 million American dollars to move to move to move. It's a real question. Somebody wants to put $500 million just to expand. And so, um, you know, I've got some partners that we're, we're, we're looking at it right now. Look, we already, we already you figured out, we already were selected. And then what happened was my partner and I pulled out at the last second. And part of it is because, and these are billionaires, billionaires, in, in, you know, that many times over, in their own minds, they just can't justify it. So it's sort of an interesting thing, if, you know, what you're what's happening over you know, even here to a little bit. You've got a lot of, you know, East money that is now floating in, you know, to certain parts of the, the sport. And what they're doing is it's, it's, it's I sort of feel like it's a, uh, you guys play Monopoly. You guys play Monopoly. Yeah. It's they f- sort of feel like they're mon- it's Monopoly money. Yeah. You know, it's pension fund money and, you know, some other things that, you know, I'm not sure that's where I would put my dollars. But they've, that they've made it so it's a little bit more challenging, you know, to compete on that. But I'm not going to stop. We're going to build a we're going to build a new stadium, you know, in Sacramento. That's that'll be announced in probably the next 60 days. Um, we're going to have just a highly competitive team that's going to win, that's going to win or compete for championships. Like we like what I said earlier, we've made the playoffs every year but one time, and it's and and, and I, I know last year we were very close to beating one of their top teams to win that whole cup. Mm.
4: I, I, the, the reason I ask is just from a Huddersfield perspective. I just wonder, yeah. A couple of USL matches, a couple of MLS matches. Do you think the synergies would be greater if it was an MLS side to a to a championship side in terms of being able to exchange exchange players and coaches and that sort
1: of thing? Uh, possibly. I've already had you know I've, I've already had a number of people there inquire to me about jobs in Huddersfield, so it already exists. Um, and just.
4: Uh, just a bit more on, on the academy and how you see that, how you see that changing and, and how uh, big a part of your plans it is. I mean, you clearly mentioned it in that opening statement as one, one of your priorities.
1: Well, I think more than anything else, I, I believe that, as I said, I think that's critical. I think we all know what happened you know, with Brexit. It made it much more challenging to get certain players... Uh, that you could bring in almost you know insta ready or very close to getting ready to play that, that no longer is the kind of option that it was before so really you need to go back and build a structure and I think that what, from what I can see I don't I haven't had a chance to do a lot of studying uh, but I believe that this, this area that there's extraordinary you know potential to bring in young, young players and either A move them from whatever academy they are in now to our academy but we have to give them a reason. We've got to make sure that our academy is up to the standard. I mean, I could say we've got the facilities, you know, here uh, to be able to figure that out. I think the next thing: do you have the right? Do you have the right coaching? Do you have the right? Do you have the right infrastructure and in, in equipment? All the things that you would you would know so that people gravitate toward something. And also, do you create quote winners? Thank
2: you
0: very much.
1: Thank you very much, Chris Dawes, ITV. Hi,
0: Kevin pleasure Um, there's hundreds of football clubs in this country, Europe, around the world what was it that attracted you to Huddersfield Town?
1: well as I said a little bit earlier um, the more I got to know about Huddersfield the more uh, I gravitated toward it you know it it sort of personifies the working class and as I said um, if if you could make some analogies some analogies with 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 Sacramento we have to sort of punch higher to, to, to be recognized and to win um, me growing up as a, as, a, as a child as I said you know really in you know really borderline poverty and really having to fight for anything that you that, that you wanted uh, most of my family members I'm the first generation of my family to graduate from the university and um, and so the, they were all, you know, blue collar. What we call blue collar workers that, you know, worked in the railroads and worked in other, you know, related industries that were like that. Um, so I, so I grew up with that. I related to that, and I, and I, and I even related that because when I, when I, when I go to nice events, I sometimes pick up the wrong, you know, instrument when I go to eat because I just wasn't really educated in that way. I didn't go to prep. I didn't go to prep school. You know, I went to. Just a just a regular guy, and so taking not taking anything away from that, um, I really felt that Huddersfield had some of those characteristics. Not only just the, the the club and the team, the way it had to fight and the way it has fought, and when you look at its history, um, versus also just the people in the community who are the fans that attend the, attend the matches. I related that. I I, I what I want. What, would I rather have a Waterford Crystal with everybody when they're drinking their beer or would I rather have them have a cup, you know, drinking their, their, their favorite, you know, beer? I mean, so I, I think that um, I just related just th- that's really one of the core areas. And then just looking to see just the dynamic nature of the fan base. It's just it's in the supporters. It's, it's, it's special. Now maybe if I go to some, and, and I have been to some some other matches, but there's something special here. And I think that, it's, it's to me it's one thing, getting to the Premier League, you know, that's what we all aspire. It's another thing staying there and competing and winning. And that's
2: the ambition,
1: is it? Why wouldn't that be my ambition?
2: When did Roosevelt first come on your radar? I said it was 10 days between hearing about them and then
1: buying the club, so when was that? Well, literally, it wasn't many more than, than 10 days. I mean, that, that's 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 no joke. I mean, uh, the reality of it is is that um, the opportunity, and we heard that there was a relatively short period of time, there were a couple of other suitors that were looking looking at, um, you know, Huddersfield. We knew that we had to get in the game, and so, uh, as I said at the very beginning, you know, usually if I'm going to purchase something this size, it will have a team of lawyers and, you know, um, seven or eight or nine people looking at a, you know, data warehouse. We just didn't have a lot of time to do that. The Data warehouse was there. That was fine. But I really shrunk it down to just a few people and made it, and, 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 you know, all my my financial advisors said, don't do it, mostly because they couldn't finish all of the, you know, data they wanted to analyze. My CFO, he just grinned and said, you know, um, if you really want to do it do it because I'll support you 100%, but that's because I pay him directly. <laughs> he's not smiling very much, though. He's <laughs> going to say, I need a raise out of it, Kevin. That
2: <laughs> sounds like pretty impulsive as a, as a person. Then, if that, if that's it's,
1: look, here's the thing about business. If you are going to be successful, there, there's, there's, there's only so many X's and O's, you know, and absolutes, and then at a certain point, there's going to be a little bit of a risk. We probably took a little bit more risk here but I saw what the capability and what had already been done in the past. And that's really been my field. And again, it's no criticism of Dean or anyone before before me sitting here right now. There's, if, if you can get there, you can stay there. We just have to figure how we're gonna stay there. But we have to get there first.
2: You said you learned about the history of the club and the town. I don't want to put you to the test or anything. <laughs> what have you learned?
1: Oh, I think I've already talked about it. I think that there's incredible passion, there's just a lot of pride. I think that, you know, when you start talking about the, about the you know, we, we, we bought, you know, I don't know if you saw, but we were, were able to secure some of the, the championships, those, the, those three back-to-back, you know, um, years. That's just amazing time. I mean, that kind of history I could never have dreamed of. That gets in your blood and you become part of it, you know, and you want to be an extension of that as well. And so that's, that's what I really hope to be. And so when, when you have that kind of standing, I think that one thing I would say, there's an implicit respect for it. Now, you could, you could probably talk about, and let me just say this much again, the analogy. Sacramento is in the U.S., people don't realize, it's probably the 21st largest city in the U.S., but nobody knows that. They just think it's sort of some other, it's, it's the capital of California. They don't realize it's a big it's a big city and the people there we have a little bit of a complex we just we just do, I know because having grown up a lot of my life in Los Angeles, we played them in sport we always good we play those guys we can beat them and people would they they feel that way well then they started fighting back started getting their own identity, I think I think you know Huntersfield they've got this incredible tradition of winning that goes back a number of years and then they had some winning that happened you know, in recent years where they, where they where they got to the premiere. But sustainability. That's what I go for.
2: Just finally from me. Neil was adamant that he wasn't going to come back this year. <laughs> what did you say to convince him that he needed to? I'll
1: use one of I'll use one of his lines. He met me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think Neil this is just, I'll just say this much, he has to always speak for himself, because he will, anyway. I think Neil, in his mind, he knows he's got a little bit of unfinished business, and there's an opportunity for some unfinished business. That's my opinion, but I'll reserve that to allow him to be able to, to make that decision. Thank you very much. Guys, Kevin has
0: an appointment with our foundation that we need to keep in a couple of minutes, so I'll just bounce around quickly. Ross, is there anything you want to add from the Daily Mirror?
5: Yeah, hi Kevin. Uh, You say you started work as a five-year-old. You're now the owner of Sacramento Republic in Huddersfield Town. It's been an incredible journey. I mean, are you sort of living proof of that American dream, hard work does make dreams come true?
1: Yes. Is there a question there?
5: Yeah, just sort of. Can you sort of say about the journey and how sort of how far you've come from being a young boy working as a five-year-old? A five? Help me out. I,
1: I don't speak very good English. So what would what would what? be what would be? Yeah, I suppose as a what you're trying to get at, Ross,
0: is as a five-year-old to He's hear. How,
5: how, how, how would you reflect on your journey? To a yeah, five-year-old? Your life journey in terms of owning these two big football clubs now, from your humble beginnings?
1: Anything's possible. Thank you for asking the question. Anything's possible. You know, I think it's... I, I i can tell you there there were sentinel moments in my life uh, that people told me that I could not do something. And one really goes to when I was six years old and my mother was getting conferenced by... One of my, I think it was our first, our first grade teacher my mother couldn't put me someplace where my grandmother, because she was working and so I had to sit outside the classroom and I could hear the teacher talking to my mother about me and about my rem- remedial you know, processes and that I think we're going to probably have to put them in special education I was thinking as a kid at that time I need to show her that and we did, and we eventually got through that and then I, I can tell you at certain points all the way through my career, um, when somebody said you're never going to be the president of this company, it was a big Fortune 500 American company, and um, so I, I went off and I started my own company. And then the funny thing about it is, three years later, he came to me for a job. And so these are these these are ways that you know when you realize that you can you, you can do things that maybe. People tell you that you can't or you won't do. So I always tell people, and I'm very involved. I'm very involved in the the entrepreneurial process, and I always tell anybody who's 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 trying to create or invent something, follow your dream. And the follow your dream. You could say that's a little bit naive at times, but I think the odds sometimes, if you really follow it, that requires a lot of discipline. Frankly, um, you know, uh, if there, there's a lot of you know, sacrifice that you make. I, I, you know, I always talk about, you know, the immortality that, that I had in my life. I think, you know, I, had, I was that, that guy that had a wife and two children and it, it broke up, but it was probably, you know, in my quest to become more successful, you look back on it and you can say, how, what would you have done differently? And I'm not sure I would have been able to accomplish what I accomplished professionally. That goes back to probably my childhood, worrying about survival and making sure that I can protect a family and working long hours and dedicated hours. So you're asking a very philosophical question that I could go on a long time for. And If you ever want to pull me aside, I'd love to talk about it because it's, it's close to my heart and emotional too.
5: And just in terms of Neil, Kevin, he's obviously got a record eight promotions in English football, unbelievable. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the Wrexham documentary, how that, you know, what the, Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhenney, you know, transformed a working-class town, read so much life into the football club. You know, it would obviously be a fairy tale if Neil produced something amazing in his final season. You know, what, has that inspired you? The, the Wrexham story and any other sort of story within English football. Well, that's
1: a great story. First of all, I've not seen one minute. I've not one seen one minute. Now, if you want to stand by in about another hour or two, you might you might hear about something that maybe the, we're the beginning of something like what Wrexham is 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 creating.
5: Documentary series, perhaps. Well, we're going to finish
1: on that, Ross, but since you're right, <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't say that, you did. <laughs> and, he, and he let the cat out of the bag. I've been told to, so
0: that's fine. <laughs> so that's <laughs> going instruction. We're going to have to wrap, guys. I'm truly sorry. We're, we've got an appointment to keep at the foundation, but uh, thank you all for joining us today. As Kevin's inferred already, at 3 pm on the club's YouTube
2: channels, we'd encourage you to take a look there as well because when we're releasing something, but uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Um, we'll Appreciate see you all again soon. Thank you.